Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. Before we start the show, a quick announcement to say that my latest book, Digital Talent, is now available to order or pre-order wherever you get your books. In a disrupted and technology-enabled world of work, a company's ability to attract, recruit and retain people with digital skills can be the difference between business success and business failure. I've co-authored again with Mervyn Dinan, and in the book, we explore how employers can find, recruit, retain and develop the people they need in a time of intense digital transformation. The book's out now in the UK and will be published in the US and around the world on March the 29th. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 421 of the Recruiting Future podcast. As we all know, recruiting and retention are tough at the moment and employers need to work harder than ever to acquire and keep the talent they need. Purpose is often talked about as a critical differentiator in employer branding. But what does that actually mean in practical terms? New research from Cognizant has revealed just how important purpose is at work and has also highlighted a growing disconnect between employers and younger workers. So what does purpose mean for Gen Z employees? And what should employers be doing to close the purpose gap? I'm joined this week by Eduardo Plastino, Director of the Cognizant Centre for the Future of Work, to talk through the research and explore its implications. Hi, Eduardo, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Of course. So my name is Eduardo Plastino, and I am a director at Cognizant Research, which is, um, uh, I guess, the company's internal think tank and uh, a group that thinks strategically about what's coming uh, in the business and technology world. Fantastic stuff. And just for people who, who might not be aware, tell us a little bit about Cognizant and what the company does. So Cognizant, it's, uh, it's an IT services and consultancy company. It's a multinational company present pretty much around the world. Fantastic. Now, you have just um, researched and published a very interesting report called The Purpose Gap. Could Mm -hmm. you tell us about the research, what it's about, why you did it, and how it was put together? Sure. So, The Purpose Gap was a project that was developed uh, across 14 uh, European countries. But, I mean, to be honest, I think 
it's uh, this will apply uh, pretty much everywhere, surely in, in advanced economies. So we interviewed 500 young workers uh, between the ages of uh, 20 and 40. And we wanted to understand, you know, what purpose means for them uh, and what, you know, what, what impact it does in their, in their lives, in their work lives, and, and, and of course, the consequences of those to companies. I think one important thing to add is, you know, why now? Because obviously purpose as a theme has been, you know, a big topic for businesses for already, you know, a good number of years. But, I mean, we believe it was really important to have a look at it now for mainly two reasons that are not unrelated. So one is, um, of course, you know, just the sheer amount of people who are reassessing or who have been reassessing their their life choices and, you know, in particular, their career choices in the light of the pandemic. And so that's, you know, one, one area. And then related to that, of course, is the great resignation that really is, is adding pressure on companies. So just this week, um, you know, the Office for National Statistics here in the UK published a really impressive figure that there are 1.3 million unfilled positions in, in the British economy. So think about that. When you look at that figure, how many businesses are struggling w- with this, it actually becomes a key, you know, business topic of our days. Absolutely. And I think that that's really interesting because in some ways, purpose has been thrown around as a term so much. It's kind of lost a lot of meaning in the conversations that we have. So really interested in this piece of research and uh, yeah, really interested in terms of what you found out and how it kind of resonates with that younger generation who are in the workforce or, or coming into the workforce. Talk us through some of the key findings, the the things that the research uncovered. Sure. So, I mean, there are a number of areas. I think that the first thing that we have to do, perhaps, is to define what we mean by by a purpose gap, right? And the purpose gap, the way we see it, is the difference between, you know, what young workers say is important for them when they're uh, looking for an employer in terms of areas such as diversity and inclusion, social impact, poverty relief, the environment, and other those areas. And then how they perceive their companies are doing in those areas, how much their companies are actually committed to those areas. So we asked our uh, interviewees about, you know, those two questions, you know, what's important for them, what's really important for you in those areas and, and how you're, how's your employer doing? And there's a gap. I mean, that's, um, I guess, to the extent expected. But what we really think is um, perhaps more serious for businesses is that, this gap is actually increasing. So if you look at millennial workers, so those are people between the ages of 27 and 40, the gap is five points. So that's what we found. Okay, So 80% say those areas are especially responsible business practices when we ask about this. It's important for it's important and 75% say they're, they're happy with what their companies are doing. Not necessarily extremely happy, but say happy enough. So when we actually lower a bit the age range, so we were uh, asking Gen Z workers, so that's people between the ages of 20 and 26, there's a 12-point gap. So that's, I guess, a, a sort of red flag for businesses. I mean, the way we see it, this isn't just because they are younger and perhaps more enthusiastic or idealistic, but because if you look at what happened 
in the last few years, in the last decade or so, and compare with what what happened when you know the, the their predecessors were were growing up and really joining the job market, uh, a lot has changed, right? So first of all, um, I think it's important to understand that many millennials, although it's, it's a sort of you know wide group, so not all of them, but many of them actually joined the job market around the time of the global financial crisis. So that actually leads them to be more conservative in the way they see business and, and perhaps slightly more focused on their narrower um, objectives. So for Gen Z workers, for people who are beginning their careers now or about to begin or entering the job market, that's different, especially, again, in, in the countries we've looked into in developed economies, uh, as a whole, they, these, you know, go, go through the sort of uh, seesaw of the job market during the pandemic. But what we see now, and we're actually seeing it slightly in, a little bit before the pandemic, even more now, is that we have all those old field positions and the leverage of workers has increased a lot. So they actually perceive that they are able to actually join the market in their own terms. So that's one, one area. And, th- and then the other area uh, is, uh, we believe, that these are people who came to age in a different social environment. So this is people who actually, again, live their adolescence and early adulthood in the world of, you know, Me Too, Black Lives Matter, uh, an explosion in in interest and and concern about climate change uh, and inequality and, and so on. So we believe this is here to stay. This concern they have about those issues is definitely here to stay. So... That's an important area. And, and then, you know, how they see uh, purpose is also different, somehow different from what people expected, how they, I mean, how young workers in general, maybe we, we can go there later. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I want to dig into that in a second. I suppose before we do, a lot of the things that you talked about as being part of that, things that, that companies say they're doing or companies will talk about that a lot. Are they being believed? Is the Gen Z or whatever we want to call them, what's their sort of level of skepticism about what their employers are saying? Yeah, so, I mean, there is a degree of trust in employers, but not too much. So it really depends on the area. When so, for example, when you look at what people say that you know their, their employees are doing in terms of climate change, say there is really you know more skepticism. So, for example, what we found is only twenty four percent of young workers uh, believe that their employer's commitment to climate change, to addressing climate change, is very genuine. Now. A lot of people actually think, well, yeah, they're doing some things. So they think they're, in a way, half-hearted in their commitment, but not necessarily extremely committed. So um, uh, it depends on the area. And, and, and again, uh, I think most people are somewhat happy, but not very happy with what their companies are doing. Again, this is a problem for businesses. I mean, it would be a problem under any circumstance, I think, but especially when when they're facing issues of attraction, you know, retention, and so on. They, of course, want their their people to be engaged with the companies and and, and, and happy with with their direction. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W O N O L O. 
Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. I suppose coming back to that point about defining what purpose means, what came back from the research as, as being important? Yeah, so I think and this is, I guess, one of the most important findings is that the way people define purpose is actually different when they look at the business as a whole and when they look at themselves. So it's absolutely true that people want to work for businesses that are active on the environmental front, on social issues, uh, that uh, promote diversity and inclusion and so on. Um, this is true. You know, 65% of people, of young workers, they want to work for a company that shares their values in those areas and act in a way that reflects those values. So I guess that's not necessarily a surprise, but it's a confirmation of something that has been uh, widely discussed. Now, perhaps slightly more surprising for, for some people would be that at a personal level, so young workers have a fine purpose in terms of issues and areas that have a more direct impact on their own lives. And that includes, for example, a passion for what they do and, and you know, a healthy work-life balance. So, I mean, for example, overall in, in, in the 14 countries where we interviewed people, 59% define, you know, having a passion for what you do as one of the top <laughs> uh, areas in which you know, or how they define purpose. In the UK and in Ireland, it's actually even slightly higher, 62%. Um, and, and, and again, this doesn't necessarily mean having a sort of, um, you know, amazing, life-changing project. Uh, it can be something as simple as really feeling you have ownership about, you know, your, your part of work or really understanding, uh, having a more holistic view of, of the business. So um, this is also purpose. And, and that's actually a very important part of purpose. For, for many workers. And this is an area where we fear that many businesses really fall short, at least in their understanding of what young workers want. And I suppose that brings me nicely onto my next question, which kind of reflects back to something that you've, that you've already touched on. What are the implications for employers of this? What are the dangers? What are the issues that employers are facing? Right, so there are three major problems uh, for employers, one is really a lack of understanding what people define, how people define purpose. So they need a more nuanced view. It's not just about being, you know, green and inclusive. Although those things are very important, I'm not saying they are not; they are very important. But it's also about 
you know, allowing people to fulfill their own desires, you know, their, their own career ambitions and then having a healthy uh, work-life balance. So that's number one. But number two is what we have already mentioned, you know, the skepticism or the, the degree of skepticism uh, among young workers in terms of whether their company is actually committed to their stated positions in, in, in those big themes, you know, social impact, environmental impact, and so on. And then the third area, and this is probably the most serious of all for businesses, is that a lot of people are struggling to live their purpose in their day-to-day work life. So, I mean, this was really shocking. Uh, we, what we found is that only 18% of interviewees said they are living their purpose in their day-to-day work life. Now, think about that. In, in, if, you're, if you're managing a business and you're thinking long-term, you cannot really expect many people to stay uh, in, in your company for a long time, especially in a tight job market, if they are this unhappy <laughs> with you know, how their job is treating them. And then that has a, a number of, of consequences long-term. Of course, in the short term, it means more attrition, more time and money spent on hiring and training and so on. But long-term actually means you're deprived of strong talent pipeline to build the next generation of your leadership. I know that in the report, you go into some detail about what employers can do to address the purpose gap and how it helps sort of fix some of these issues. Can you sort of just give us a sort of a top line summary of some of the most important things that employers need to be doing or thinking about to solve what is obviously a very big issue? Yeah, of course. So I believe there are three major areas in which companies get and should work. One of them is really the, the area of internal communications, and there's a lot that can be done to improve it in, in many businesses. And, and we actually found a couple of very nice examples of what, what companies are doing there. Then there is a, an approach to young workers that really has to be focused on uh, empowering them. Uh, that doesn't mean actually just leaving them completely alone, <laughs> do whatever they want. Actually, it means giving them guidance because many people say they need guidance, just want to be left you know, to do whatever they, they're told to do without someone helping them. Uh, but definitely, it does not mean micromanaging them. So that's number two. And then number three, we have to look at the practices that are adopted by the current leadership. And in, in many circumstances, those have to be modernized. Now, of course, each of those um, areas is uh, quite comprehensive, and again, I'm happy to discuss. Yeah, absolutely, and I think as a final question, as part of that, obviously, lots of people listening are in talent acquisition and trying to attract this next generation of of people into their organisation. What would your advice be in terms of the way that companies present themselves with their employer brand and their recruitment marketing and indeed their their recruiting process to kind of really illustrate that they they understand these issues and would be a great place to work? Look, I think many companies actually do what perhaps is, you know, a good enough job in terms of presenting their brands externally. Perhaps the big area in which many have to work is, is to make sure that that image is aligned with the perception of people who are already working for them. Because what I have to bear in mind is that we live in, in a complete, completely networked and integrated world today. So people know 
I mean, you, ha- you have websites like Glassdoor, which allows people to not just tell their salaries, but also even give open uh, opinions to the world about you know, how, how it is to work, how they work. So it isn't very helpful for businesses to project one image externally if they, if internally, you know, there is a lack of coherence with, with how people perceive them. So I think that would be the best possible advice, making sure that you actually do internally, you act internally in areas that reflect uh, the image you, you're, you're projecting. And lastly, where can people find the report if they want to kind of read things in more depth? It's available on, on the Cognizant website, or if you cannot find it immediately there, you can obviously Google Cognizant Purpose Gap Report and they'll find it. Eduardo, thank you very much for talking to me. Pleasure. Thank you. My thanks to Eduardo. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.